You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. In a world of iconic rips, immortal solos, the highest notes, and the most guttural growls, the debate of the greats has raged on for decades. And we settle them here. This is The Great Metal Standoff. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash, and heavy metal community, my name is Jason Evans, and this is The Great Metal Standoff the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track-by-track combat. I hesitate to call this battle the start of a second series of Grunge Month, but with Alice in Chains' 2009 return album Black Gives Way to Blue stepping up against Alter Bridge's 2004 debut record One Day Remains, both albums have a direct or indirect connection to the era. In fact, I specifically requested regular guests, Jacob and Imran, to join me in this examination of the birth of two different, but all new eras for the people involved in these bands. In fact, I had two specific questions I put forward to link these two albums together in combat. So let's not waste any time, and let's have Imran, Jacob, and myself share what we think about Black Gives Way and One Day Remains and who gets the W. Here's how the battle will go. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panellist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panellist awards it a gold star. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panellist tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each. The album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. One final thing before we start, this battle marks 10 guest appearances for Imran, so I've also got an announcement to make regarding his status on this show. But more importantly, it's Black Gives Way to Blue versus One Day Remains. Over to Jacob, Imran and I. Roll the audio. Jacob, welcome back to the standoff. Good to see you again. It's been a little while, actually, and things have changed since you were last on. Welcome back. Yeah, it's been it's been a little while. I haven't been on since uh, we talked about Nickelback and Creed. With um, uh, it, it's been so long, and I'm happy to be back with two bands that are very, very good. But we'll get into that as we go. I'm not quite sure whether I want to start this battle by calling it Grunge Month 2 because it's there's little bit of elements with it, but obviously there's considerable differences. But what one thing I can say for sure is that making his 10th appearance is Imran. So Imran, welcome back to the show. Let's Howdy. make one thing official. Let's make this a bit of a milestone, Imran. You've done 10 of these. I think it's time the Great Metal Standoff introduces a brand new co-host, and that can be you, Imran. I'm Ooh. so honoured. How's it feel? 10 episodes of these. 10 guest appearances. I feel like I've moved up in the world. It's about bloody time. We have a doozy, folks. And also, I just wanted to say, I've brought the three of us together because, first of all, Jacob has done a few before, but never with just myself and Imran. It's always been either a three-way or he's done it with some other guests. And Imran and I, I've brought Imran in here just so the two of us can debate because we've debated Alice in Chains off 
the air multiple times and this record gets brought into it and some heavy discourse is discussed. So let's air this on the pod. It's it. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited too. Very, very interested to uh, lay down some opinions on both of these. Alter Bridge, Jacob, you are a bit more of a bigger fan of the band, I would assume, than both Imran and I. However, we're going to discuss definitely later on how Jacob and I have a slight connection to the band, whether it be subconsciously or not, whether we realise it or not. But where were you when you first heard an Alter Bridge song, Jacob? Um, so I, I have a feeling you know exactly where I was when I heard a uh, Alter Bridge song for the first time, and we'll get into that That's when we get there, of course. Kids. Um, but <laughs> I would have been maybe six or eight or something like that. It would have been very, you know, around that age when I first heard uh, the song that I heard. I'm not going to spoil it now. Um, and I remember being very taken aback and going, this is the kind of music I really, really, really like. Um, and for me, with this album in particular, as I got older, I'd find different songs from this album separately, whether it be, you know, just through suggestions, through something like Spotify or something like that. But I never bothered until now to really listen to the album in one go. However, I can say very, very confidently that the good parts of this album are some of my favourite pieces of music ever. So, Alice in Chains has a bit of a challenge. Imran, we on this show have gone through the entire Lane Staley era of Alice in Chains. Here we are now in 2009, their first record ever since the passing of Lane Staley, the introduction of William Duvall. First thoughts, Imi? You know me. I'm probably one of the biggest Alice in Chains fans that you know, probably. This is the first time I've ever listened to Black Gives Way to Blue. Is it really? It is. As of, as of yesterday, when I listened to this, from front to back, this is the first time I've ever listened to this album. I think I've, like, there's a few songs that I've, like, heard from wherever that, are, that have been on this album, like, that I re-listened to, and I think, oh, I've heard this one before. Um, but... Yeah, like from front to back, like properly listening to this has been the first time. I've listened to every other Alice in Chains album, including The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here and Rainier Fog and all of the Lane Staley ones, obviously. But this was the first time I listened to this. And Why the delay, Imran? Why the delay? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't want to say I regret putting it off because I, I don't want to spoil anything but I don't know the delay I, there's something about it that just never sucked me in before and when you pitched this to me I thought well this is a good opportunity to actually listen to this album in full so why not there are a lot of questions we can be asking about both of these records on Alice and Chains's side it's the first record ever since the passing of Lane Staley so it's a band continuing its legacy with a new lineup in William Duvall. They've changed singers. How are they going to hold up? With Alter Bridge, it comes after the dissolution of Creed. As you know, Jacob, we have we discussed Creed on a previous podcast. We put them up against Nickelback. One Day Remains came out in August 2004. Creed publicly, it was announced pub, to the public that Creed had broken up around about June 2004. So there's not much 
time in between where it's public knowledge that Creed are gone and this record comes out. It's the same band. It's Mark Tremonti, Brian Marshall, and Scott Phillips on guitar, bass, and drums, respectively. But they've made a new band and bring in a new singer. So the question we have here is, how does the new singer hold up in this brand new band? Spoiler alert, Miles Kennedy, the singer for Alter Bridge, is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Very, very much so. It's, uh, I'd say, a very iconic voice. Um, not iconic in the same way as some larger bands from forever and ever, but it's a very recognizable voice. Once you hear it, you know you're listening to Alter Bridge. The second question we could also be asking is, what happened after Grunge died? Because it pretty much did end around about the passing of Kurt Cobain, the final Alice in Chains record with Lane Staley being the tripod album. That I kind of deemed it on one of the previous podcasts that that was probably the funeral for Grunge, the self-titled Alice in Chains album, because it was so dingy and dark and so compressed. Black gives way to blue is, what happened to one of the big four after the era had ended? And also... Once it ended, we had that post-grunge period of the late 90s, early 2000s, and the Alter Bridge is born out of the ashes of that era too. So it kind of leads the way for, um, you know, what, contemporary, the more contemporary style of hard rock and metal kind of thing. I'm not sure if that's an accurate statement, but Jacob? I, I think I kind of agree with you. This was a very... The 2000s were fascinating for that, and I think Alter Bridge, as you said, came out of Creed very much, and that music was reminiscent of grunge obviously being post-grunge also having a bit of that alternate style kind of mixed in um, but i think this is close to not the end of it but the real last hurrah of its um radio popularity uh, it was the last time you'll hear it on a average radio station it was uh you know 2000 what six to nine was fascinating of course this album being much earlier but still very much being found in popularity around that time. I think this is fascinating because this, to me at least, is the last hurrah of grunge before it became much, much, much more niche, um, even if it's not completely grunge or post-grunge or anything like that on both sides, uh, both Alter Bridge and Alice in Chains. I think going as far to say it's the last hurrah of grunge from an Alter Bridge perspective wouldn't be the most accurate thing to say in the world, but it's definitely the embarking of goodbye post-grunge hello this new era of rock yeah and uh the final question i have for imran is black gives way to blue imran i wouldn't call this one a grunge record would you honestly no i like it's very different in sound and like production and some of the songs i could you could argue that they're grungy songs but it's not a grunge album it's it's very it's a lot more modern i think it, it kind of takes that direction of not necessarily alt, like the alter bridge kind of sound but like the the more modern direction kind of delving into new sounds yeah it's a lot more well produced i think not that grunge wasn't well produced just that like it's it's very crispy and clean it's i don't think it's a grunge album they created their core sound from that era and they carried it over and made it more contemporary with this new record, for this new release at this particular yeah, moment in 2009. Definitely. I think well, it's because they had the means to, I guess. And, yeah. you know, I guess a, a new era brings a new sound. Well, plenty to talk about. Timekeeper, ring the bell. Let's begin this battle with all secrets known versus find the real. Uh, I just wanted to kick this right out of the gate. 
All Secrets Known. I made this point on a previous Alice in Chains podcast, but I still think that this mindset is a good one to have. When on the self-titled album, the last song with Lane Staley as a lead singer is the song Frogs and how grim that song is. And then over now ends the record with Jerry Cantrell singing and it's very pep in its step. It's like, we pay our debts sometime. Obviously in 2002, we lose Lane Staley, but here on the first record back, the first record in over a decade and track one starts with the lyrics, hope a new beginning. That is, come on. You can't get more full circle than that. And just this dingy, dirty, chunky riff as as this record kicks off. Wow, we. Jacob, as our guest, please continue this debate for us. Oh, so I'll stick on all secrets known for the moment. Um, but uh, everything about this to me is it's what I wanted Ellison Chains to be for the longest time. You talked about the previous. I've never liked them. I've never been able to get into them properly. Um, and this sound, it as much as it feels more produced, it feels much more um, like it has a direction that it's going for in a weird way to put it. But something about this as an opener feels really really nice the opening to it just the you know the da, 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 that climbing melody is really really interesting to have throughout the whole way it keeps you invested the entire time because you feel like it's going to jump over to something it doesn't really do that much um the vocals the oh this is what I wanted from uh dirt this is what I wanted from everything else in Alice in Chains this feels like the best of it um, it feels distant, a distant and ominous, but somehow not having any sort of eeriness or scariness to it. It, it very much just feels like there's, uh, you know, something going on o- over there. Uh, the beat to it, I thought, was fantastic. It keeps you in- engaged. Um, the transition to the heavier chorus, uh, I'm, I'm very, very big on, you know, a bad transition ruins a song. This was a great transition. It, um, it's very subtle. Uh, the solo, fantastic. Um, and it has this little Arabian Nights um, kind of feeling to it. Something that I've noticed Alison Chains has done a lot in what I've listened to at least. Um, and it's very, very good. And the bridge, I love it. It's simple, uh, but effective in breaking up the song and adding a new twist while also being able to seamlessly, seamlessly uh, transition back to the rest of the song. It, this song is very, very, very good. It honestly may be a little bit long and a little bit repetitive, maybe 40 seconds too long for me. Uh, but elsewise, I think it's a very, very strong opening. Um, I could talk about Find the Real quite a lot, but before I do, Imran, I, I want to hear your opinion on this. Well, I agree with pretty much everything that you said. Um, the, I like the, uh, the swinging riff. The, uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's in 3-4. It's, it's a bit off-kilter. It's a bit, it's very dark. It's very open. The, the vocals are very ominous, which I really like. The drums are really cool. It's kind of, it uses some more toms instead of um, like a traditional drum beat. Um, the chorus is how it just opens up. It's freaking cool. I love it. I get kind of Deftones vibes from this song. How it's like very, very well produced, very big, very dreamy vocals i gotta say i disagree with your with your take on the alice in chains uh how you're how you said that you don't like their scary stuff their scary stuff is their best stuff but uh 
the song is great though i gotta say mm. that's that's it just is... my opinion i guess i i agree with that it's a fantastic song but unfortunately for this song it comes up against another one and oh boy find the real oh i you know i'm, I'm gonna have very strong opinions on this i'll throw it to someone else jason before you jason, get too you far to... i was shocked by how post grungy this song sounded well find the real yeah find the real i so honestly I, I was shocked it sounded so late 90s post grunge and but it went straight into it and then i heard and I heard this really weird gritty vocal come out of Miles Kennedy, and I'm like, "Wow, that's how he got introduced, Jeepers!" It's, I think it's a song that has grown on me. But first, first impression, I was going, "Whoa, what's this?" It's a bit like that. It's a bit of a, a bit of a slap um, straight away because it does immediately just bump out the door. And you're right; those vocals. I, mean, I didn't even think about that as being how he was introduced, but it does surprise you actually. Um, well, keep in yeah. mind with how much of a range Miles Kennedy would go on to have even on this record. For him to come mm. out right out of the gate and go, stuck in the middle of time, sounding like, you know, some... He's sounding like a grunge singer. I'm sitting here thinking, what? I mean, he does it a fair lot throughout this album, a little bit closer to the middle and later album. I think he does a bit more, um, if I've got my notes correct. But, like, I think it's a good introduction to this song because you're hearing it and you're going to immediately hear a sound that you're you know kind of familiar with with that post grunge sound but the, the open is so incredibly strong um it's immediately fun it's immediately interesting and it just it catches you and that's part of i think why they did that um the guitar blends extremely well with those more gritty vocals um the style I, i've got in my notes literally works amazingly um and it just continues to keep you invested. It's super catchy. Like this feels very, it feels late nineties, but it also feels like early two thousands where things were meant to be more catchy, more radio esque. Um, it was early two thousands, but point still stands. Um, <laughs> drums are fantastic. I found breakdown for me is one of my favorite things. Um, to me, it's a taste of what's to come within this album. It doesn't do too much of, anything to service this song too much but it's different and exciting and you can feel like it's going somewhere the entire time the solo it's fun it's not overly special but it helps make the song you know its own uh while the choruses themselves are just fantastic the vocals uh, the backing vocals coming in during the chorus are amazing for me the last chorus feels like such an upbeat almost hurrah uh for this and it has the same problem for me that admittedly all secrets known had. And I think that's about 45 seconds too long. Um, this feels like it should have been a little bit shorter, but I can't really complain about that. And th there is a particular um, part of the song in the pre-chorus, the lyric, all I take and I hunger for more the way that's sung and the way you can really feel like miles is, you know, really getting into that. It, I don't know, this song feels fun. It, kind of encapsulates what to expect from Alter Bridge within this album. Um, it is a very strong open for me. I want to pick up where you were early when you were talking about radio-friendly, catchy chorus. It feels very spat out in that kind of delivery. And to the point of, if this song sounds 45 seconds too long, I think it needs to be that long by how long Kennedy holds that note at the final chorus. Like, as much as I was shocked by the post-grunge nature at the start of the track... 
the track won me over by the time he held that thing on anyway, and then just ended with like the yeah, 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 and had that climactic moment. That it won me over, but <laughs> I don't know, Imran, what do you got? Um, that part definitely like. I kind of agree with Jacob how this song is a bit too long, but that part at the end did win, like suck me back in a little bit. The the vocals on this song, you you guys refer to them as very grungy. They are very Cornell esque vocals. Yeah. Uh, very yeah. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Miles Kennedy got most of his singing inspiration from Chris Cornell because they've got very similar singing styles. But yeah, find the real is a is a very cool song. It's got a very good groove. It's got really thick bass. I can actually hear the bass. I like a song where I can hear the bass. It's yeah, it's funky. It's catchy. Um, the I particularly like the the moans during the solo, like the um, the singing in the background. Um, it's a cool song, but I don't know if it's as good as All Secret Known. All Secrets Known. I think that's going to be my pick out of these two. It's, it, I think All Secrets Known has a has a bit of an edge to it, a bit of a bit something that like stands out a bit more. That I think makes me want to listen to that more than than the Alter Bridge song. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I get where you, I, I get where you're coming from. I think for me, uh, I'm very split on this one. They're both fantastic songs, great opens, uh, and strong think, statements like strong like oh very strong. statements. But I think personally, and this is more of a personal preference in this, I love the more fun, catchy um, feeling of Find the Real. And it's one of those songs where second, third time listening, I couldn't help but like uh, mouth along to and really get into um, alongside the vocals. It's, it catches you. It, it really does. So I think that's where I'm going to stay with that. Find the real for Jacob. Um, mine point will lie at all secrets known for the for the edgier undertone that Imran's suggesting there. But yeah, find the real I think has won me over in due time. It is a strong opener. It's it's a case of we're a brand new band. Check out our brand new singer. Get ready. Oh, get ready, world. That's kind of that kind of feel. And to the same extent with all secrets known, but that's more of picking yourself back up and carrying on. And uh, I just like the the whole... F- I I think that little fan theory in my head is kind of what's bringing All Secrets Known across the line for me on that particular battle. But it's a, that was a, that's a very strong, very strong opening battle here. Good good job, Alison Chains and Alter Bridge. Great start. Track two, Check My Brain versus One Day Remains. Check My Brain being one of the singles, One Day Remains being the title track for Alter Bridge. Uh, we'll start with Imran here. I was... I... I... Glad I'm starting here because I just really want to point out that one day remains that opener is literally just Jesus Christ pose. The oh, okay. I didn't. I don't think I picked that up. The feedback guitar slowly coming in, and then that drum pattern. That is exactly how Jesus Christ pose by Soundgarden starts. I don't know if that was intentional, if that was some kind of homage, or if they just did that because they thought it was original. Who knows? But yeah, I, the first thing that that I noticed was, yeah, that, but I mean, then that really fast paced riff comes in and suddenly it's not Jesus Christ pose anymore. Yeah. One day remains is a really interesting song. I kind of feel like this is a song that would be on like a Sonic video game soundtrack because it's super fast paced and really just like, it just sounds like something that would be in a video game soundtrack. 
I completely um, agree with that. Yeah. Before you continue, Imran, uh, points to Scott Phillips on the drums there, who is the person who is setting that pace there. Yes. There are some really good drums on this song. I do really like the drums. I, I like how the riffs, everything is all fast, but the vocals are kind of like a bit more behind, a bit slower, a bit more laid back. The chorus was pretty catchy. I will admit the chorus got stuck in my head at one point. It was pretty good. Um, nothing about this track though really stood out to me too much though. It's just kind of a, it's just like a nice, it's a fast paced, fun track. I question a little bit why they chose this one as the title track. But like, it's a good track, but I don't know if it could have been, I don't know if they could have picked a different song to, to be the title track. What do you think, Jacob? Uh, I'm, I'm interested by that. I do think it's not the strongest track on this album, which is a shame because it is a very strong track, in my opinion. As you said, it's very fun and catchy. Um, uh, the build to the open is fantastic. Um, as much as you said it's taken, I still think it's great. Uh, the drums throughout the entire song, fantastic. And this song to me is made up by that guitar riff. Um, it is exciting and fantastic. It almost feels like the entirety of the song was kind of built around the riff. Um, and it works fantastically. The vocals uh, blend in with it. As you said, they're a little bit slower, but they somehow manage to keep up in a weird way. Um, the song is so fast as upbeat. It's fun. Um it's one of those songs where it's really also very fun to sing. As you said, it got stuck in your head and there's a reason for that. Um, all my notes are mostly about the instrumentation being fantastic, but the vocals going up and down to make them sound almost ever-changing and somewhat unpredictable is part of why this song stands out to me um, because as much as the guitar is the shining light of this song to me, um, the vocals add so, so much. The chorus is unbelievable fun and when you do get to thinking about how the song is actually laid out the vocals for me are powerful and big but are never overpowering they never overtake the full song they kind of feel like they're in the back a little bit um the breakdown and the bridge are fantastic to me to me this is one of my favorite songs on the album it's not the strongest but it's one of the ones that i can go back to and just listen to without any sort of problem any sort of second thought really get into i don't think it's the most you know uh, technically impressive song or anything like that but i think for how much fun it is how, how catchy it is that riff uh, alone it, it's just it, oh i love this one i love this one conversely check my brain imran check my brain it's a fun song was this a single off of uh, this was this a single album? i think it was the first single wouldn't have been uh well spoiler alert uh, the first publicly released song uh, off this record was A Looking In View, but to be officially a single was Check My Brain. F- just for me, before you go on, Imran, I've liked the song Check My Brain, but when we were do- taking notes for recording this pod, I started thinking, when you think about it, it's only really just a one-note song, because the down, 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 that's all just off one note, and then it's hammered on another and then there's some basic stuff going on in the chorus so i was sitting here thinking there's not really much to talk about this song instrumentally but it is a nice little package yeah i Hmm. i didn't write much about this song because they're like like you said it's that kind of very simple it's a classic it's a very classic alice in chains riff where it's kind of it's got one or two notes very bendy kind of stuff on the bottom string 
um very cool stuff but yeah it's just like a like something you definitely hear from alice in chains yeah the chorus is catchy um it's got that california uh, um, yeah got that red hot chili peppers reference um it's a fun <laughs> song it's <laughs> I, I kind of agree with that. I do think it is a very fun song. And that California part is maybe one of my favorite parts of this song. Not really, it is actually. Mainly because usually from Alice in Chains, the effects I've never been a big fan of. But for some reason, this song makes them work for me really, really well. They're not the you know most effective, not the most effective. They're not the strongest effects or anything like that. But it's subtle. You know, It sounds like they're talking through an engine. Um, and then when you get to that, uh, California, here I come. It uh, really dials down on the effect, and it just becomes more of a almost guttural kind of noise, and that I love. Uh, it's a very fun song, as you said. It's the chorus is very catchy for how slow mm. it is. The bridge, yeah, it's all right. It's not amazing. It's very serviceable, um, but the little things like the uh, oh yeah, every now and then. It helps add this to be a very strangely slow, fun song with that main melody. It's pretty good. Um, this song just feels like a very funky, slow jam. Um, something I wouldn't expect from Alice in Chains, to be honest, but um, I kind of like it. I mean, I, I would disagree with saying this is something you wouldn't expect from Alice because this is definitely one of the most Alice in Chains songs I've ever heard. It's just it's if i i'm pretty sure i've heard this somewhere before before i listened to this album um oh definitely yeah yeah but like the first listen i thought oh yeah this is this is alice in chains like definitely 100 percent. i would not imagine any other band like if if i heard another band writing a song like this i would immediately think ah these guys obviously listen to alice in chains it's it's got alice in chains written all over it now I have a question for you, Imran, because for a vast majority of this song, Check My Brain, it's Cantrell and Duvall both singing pretty much dual vocals throughout the entire song. I want to get your opinion on that. Now, what do you? how do you see the dynamic at this point? I don't mind it. I think it, like, I mean, comparing them to, like, Cantrell and Staley, I don't want to do that because, you know, it's two different sounds. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really not fair. But personally, I don't mind it. I like it's like I said, it's an Alice in Chains song. It kind of it needs that dual vocal thing going. And I think Duval does the job. He's a he's a very good singer. So getting getting yeah. down dirty and dissecting this record has made me really appreciate how good Duval is and how real good of a yeah. fit he ended up being. Ah. Uh, this conversation, gentlemen, I, before going into this, I would have probably gone check my brain by default, but then I started thinking, eh, One Day Remains is pretty good, but I think this conversation is steering me back to check my brain, you know? That riff, though, that riff, like, run your mind through that, that, that riff is an entire song, and it's one of the most catchy riffs you're ever going to hear, and it's only accentuated by things like the drums and the vocals. It does very much feel like they got one amazing riff, and then wrote a song around it, and bam, it's one of the catchiest songs of that year. I can't even think of what came out that year, but to me, it's one of the catchiest things I can think of. Yeah, well, it's and... deceptively well, we, slow. 
We're complimenting the drums. That's Sean Kinney there. Great work there, Sean. That's actually a name we haven't really delved deep on, even though we've talked about three he, different Alice and Chains records. So I feel a bit drummer. bad about that. But yeah, Sean Kinney is a good drummer for for the band. Uh, uh, I'll go check my brain. It, it was a toss-up. I'll, I'll take check my brain again. Captain's call here. What are you two taking? I'm going to take um, One Day Remains. It's too fun of a song for me to avoid. Nah, and totally understand that's a good choice. Uh, great. I need a pick now. <laughs> I'm actually, these are both great songs. Um, look, I'm going to stick with what I know. I'm going to go check my brain just because that, like, the chorus is forever going to be in my brain. Agreed. Oh, seriously, there were there were various moments where I would have gone one day remains, but I think the conversation we've had has steered me back to it. As I said, next one up, this one's a, this one's a competitive one too. Last of my kind versus Open Your Eyes. Last of my kind being the only song led by William Duvall on vocals, and damn, this one gets dingy. This one is heavy. You can feel the chug in this one, Imran. Last of My Kind is a brutal... I wasn't expecting them to get this brutal, like, this early into the album, too. Because, you know, All Secrets Known is a... It's it's kind of nice. It's dark, but it's nice. Check My Brain has got that classic, funky, like, tamer kind of Alice in Chains uh, sound. And then Last of My Kind... Oh, I got smacked in the face. It's very good. It's... It's got that classic chuggy riff. It's got it's got a very crispy sound to it. This is kind of where I like you could really tell the difference between pre-old Alice in Chains versus new Alice in Chains, like that dynamic and sound. The pre-chorus, that chuggy riff with the with those really brutal vocals. Trapped in the cold outside. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. It, it kind of gives me Maynard James Keenan vibes. Those vocals. How so? That's cu- that's curious. How so? I don't know. I just like the the scream, the power, the passion. I I don't know, but listening to it, I just thought I could imagine Maynard doing it, and the I th- I think it was the song maybe as well, just the the chugging, like circular riff. I don't know, kind of off kilter, bit different. I it's just a really heavy song, very very straight very different just brutal i don't know but it's a it's a good song it's kind of this is this is what i was hoping to hear this is that spooky alice in chains that i wanted to hear it's definitely um, spooky definitely um I mean, there was a little there's a little guitar break in it with some like really cool guitar like feedback sounds i really liked that part because it like i think it was before the solo the yeah the little break with the kind of guitar sounds that just like yeah, Jerry Cantrell. I Jerry Cantrell before no, not before. After after they found a new singer, he I feel like he kind of unlocked a new like guitar style, which I definitely starts from this album and uh, continues on the on the later ones. The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here and Rainy or Fog. Um, but yeah, like little things that he does, his like the sounds that he makes and stuff. Um, Last of My Kind, I definitely reckon highlights that. Um, mm. yeah, such a cool song, just brutal. Whereas Jacob, open your eyes, that's very creedy. Oh, that's see, I, I was a big fan of some of what Creed did. Obviously, not everything was they did was great by a long shot, 
but I was a big fan of some parts of them. And this this has that almost heroic kind of movie-esque feeling to it that some of the more popular songs from Creed's discography did. Um, it's very upbeat uh, and it kind of gives off a weirdly inspirational vibe. Um, the way it dips back down after you know going up is amazing. It, the guitar relaxes, the drums uh, relax. Uh, no, they don't actually. The drums and the vocals shine. I've read that wrong. And uh, I think that's part of where this album shines. Not that album. This song shines uh, are those vocals. It really, they really just stand out here. The chorus, as I said, uplifting, singable, fun. Um, In my notes, I've got exactly what I want from a chorus. Uh, The way the song transitions from upbeat to relaxed. uh, As I said, fantastic. Song is fantastic. Uh, The breakdown, it hints at another song, actually. That's probably the one thing that took me away more than anything. Uh, we'll get to it eventually, but there's a melody that's played in lo- in uh, in the song "In Loving Memory," which is a little later on, and that's actually played during the breakdown, which to me oh. is a nice little bit of storytelling and hinting at what I'll be completely honest is probably the best song on either album, um, which I think they knew that or knew that it was the best on that album. Uh, the breakdown though itself is very soft and fun. It builds back up to an epic sound whilst keeping that fun involved. That solo is to die for. It's not the most technically intense or anything like that, but it has this element that Elsa Bridge has seemingly kept throughout the entire album so far, and that's fun. This is very fun. It's very catchy. It's very easy to get into. And like many songs on the album, uh, this song, if you listen to the lyrics, Uh, It's about different regrets and so on and so on. However, the chorus seems to be uh, encouraging, you know, the thought process of peace and so on. Um, This song to me, it's the most creedy I can think of, but my God, it took all the best parts of Creed and changed it up and made it really, really fun. But that's not to say that um, Last of My Kind is not fantastic. These are very different songs. Uh, I'm curious to hear what you think, Jason. Uh, to, to the point you're saying about the heroic sounding chorus, you cannot tell me with a straight face that you can't hear Scott Stapp going, what I hope in your eyes. That kind of thing. That's you, why you I love it. It's Scott so Stapp. much fun. Yep, you, you're darn right. Like, Miles Kennedy kills it, but you can, it does, the sound suits Scott Stapp as well. I've also got in here, there was another little bit of a qualm I actually had a little bit with the first couple of tracks of uh, One Day Remains, and that is Kennedy and Tremonti developed that uh, vocal, uh, the vocal duel throughout their entire careers, and just just uncovering a little bit of Alter Bridge for myself before recording, and like before we recorded this podcast, I'd listen to AB3 from start to finish. I don't think they hit their stride yet on this one. Like they nail it on songs like Slip to the Void, which comes out in a couple of records later, but I don't think they've quite hit their stride just yet here but it sounded a bit better on Open Your Eyes than it did Find the Real. Other than that, Kennedy, he digs deep for some of those vocal harmonies in there, and it felt like a very summertime, carefree kind of song in, in terms of the fun theme that you were talking about there, Jacob. As I said, that's, that's what this album keeps with for a while, is that fun, and I think that's where this album's almost sound throughout the entire thing. If you listen to this song, you know, song one, two, three, four it almost very well transitions uh, lower down. We'll get to that later, of course, but 
um, I think having all these very fun songs at the start, it gets you invested. It gets you very into it. If you're listening to it, um, you know, as an average person listening to any form of rock in 2004, you're going to hear it and go, oh, this is very radio. You're going to get into it. And then it's going to go into your deeper cuts. And this is where I feel like it really shines with how that album is written in kind of that mood shift later on. But I love it for that. Uh, Imran, I'm curious to see what you think about um, this song. I mean, you pretty, you guys pretty much covered this song pretty nicely. Um, it's a fun song. I particularly did like the harmonies in the verse. Um, I thought the chugging was pretty cool. I thought the solo was pretty unnecessary. I know you liked the solo, Jay, uh, Jacob, but I thought it was kind of unnecessary. Like it was, it was a bit too much with the song. Like if the if the song didn't have the solo, I think it would have been just fine. I it could have gone without it. But other than that, it was an alright song. I don't know. I feel like I'm giving a lot of hate to Alter Bridge here, but I'm gonna have to pick last of my kind. Yeah, I I just feel like the solo was a bit much. Yeah, I feel bad going 3-0 Alice in Chains as well, Imran, but I think I'm going to be joining you there. Last of My Kind is probably my preferred track too, but at the start of this debate, I was thinking Last of My Kind and Slaughter, but no, Open Your Eyes is really good, isn't it? Mm. I, I should mention as well, I really haven't talked about Last of My Kind, but I love the sound of it in many ways, um, different little Egyptian-sounding parts of it. Um, you know, it's a very chunky song. I think it drags a little bit, but I think my point, vote yeah. is going to um, very much go to Alter Bridge in this one. And I, vice versa to you guys, I feel bad not giving Alice in Chains something because all of those songs have been fantastic up until now. So it's pretty bloody good both ways. At, yeah, 3 0 for me and him run on Alice in Chains. It shouldn't be 3 0, to be perfectly frank for me but and Jacob 3-0 for Alter Bridge but oh it's it's tough when there's a it's tough when both songs are good it really is mm, very much so next up your decision versus burn it down I will start with Jacob here for me Jacob burn it down this this one feels like a squash match. I did not like Burn It Down on the first try. I thought it was my least favourite. I've given it a second listen and I've softened on it a little bit, but I wouldn't call it the best one off it. It's good. I I think with both of these songs, I've definitely got more of a country timbre than anything else. Um, anything else on either album, at least. And I think if I'm going to choose between the two of them, like Burn It Down in my notes, softer open. I like it a lot. You know, I like the soft guitar and vocals. Uh, I think Miles does that very, very, very well. It feels, you know, you look for little images and things to put with it. For this song, it feels like the last song at a pub on a rainy night. You know, you're exhausted, you're tired, and you're almost contemplative. Like, it's that kind of vibe, which is very strange for Alter Bridge. I love the vocals not reaching uh, a heavier feeling. They're not really hitting this crescendo that you kind of want them to. They sit very low for quite a while but they also do feel like they're just about to break constantly uh the song building up is natural it feels very 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 natural as it slowly 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 climbs Uh, in my notes i've got kings of leon vibes it makes me think of some of the better tunes from them the drums are fantastic here the guitar is amazing Uh, the vocals are unpredictable again i think that's something that i enjoy Uh, it does get heavy it does get heavy uh, but it never gets too heavy, I feel, uh, which is a great thing. And the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm swinging myself back to it. 
it's somewhat of a slower song, but I think the uh, bridge is the bridge and breakdown are where the song really fail. Uh, the bridge and breakdown are very lackluster. The build up from the breakdown and bridge is very eh, and the solo, eh, it's okay. The first half of this song is so much better than the second half, in my opinion. And that second half brings this song so, uh, so far down, um, especially put up against what I think is my first, you know, thought process when I was listening to this was, oh, yeah, this is going to Alice in Chains. Uh, but I'm curious to hear what you guys say. You might be able to swing me one way or the other. I don't know about you, Imran, but your decision by a landslide. Your decision is a very good song. The first thing I thought when I when I heard this song was Nutshell. Those first opening chords, part two to Nutshell. So that already kind of won me over. I really like Jerry Cantrell's vocals on this song, like a lot. Um, I really like all of the lead guitar kind of scattered through it. Um, it's another example of Jerry's kind of uh, guitar, guitar work evolving. It kind of feels like not necessarily violins, but like strings in general. He's like little guitar scattered through the song it's yeah it, your decision is a very solid song i very much liked the ending as well where they repeat the it's over it's over and it kind of like fades out i thought that was really good definitely top three song on this album yeah top two for me yeah fair enough burn it down also is a very good song this is one of the first songs that really like got me like oh this is cool I really liked the chord progression. I really liked the the bluesy whiskey bar vocals. I liked the switch like from the from the verse to the chorus. The chorus is a bit kind of funky too. Um, in that like it's it's a bit different from the rest of the song. Um, I do agree that the first half of the song is better than the second half. I think it it drags a little bit. This is another song that probably could have gone without the solo too. But I mean the solo is not too bad though. But I burn it down is a standout track for me on this album. I I really liked it. It was pretty. It was pretty different. I I think this is one of the better songs that are clean on this album. Uh, out of all of the the cleaner songs, I think this one is up there for me. Interesting. Um, I don't have a decision yet though. So I I might jump in with your decision here, and um, it it is a fantastic song. Like as much as I've been leaning towards Alter Bridge this entire time, this song is one of the ones that uh, I agree with Jason uh, very much. So this is my top two songs um, on this album and like the acoustic side, the almost country S timbre, as I mentioned before, I adore it. I think the softer vocals, the softer mood of this entire song is fantastic. Um, it, in my notes, I've got it as this gives me a very similar uh, vibe as to the song hurt uh, the Johnny cash version. Um, wow. which is a very, very good thing because that's, of course, a fantastic piece. This song feels distant. In my notes, I've got it. I've got that it makes me feel like, you know, if you close your eyes, relax with this one, it feels like you're a, a sunset at a desolate farm or something like that. It's very much got that Texasy country timbre. Um, wow. I love okay. the little flourishes of electric guitar in there. I thought that was fantastic. The build-up. Uh, and the transition were a little awkward. I wasn't the biggest fan of those. I think that's one of the few places this song struggles. Um, I do think that after about 140 in the song, when it does build up until that solo, it loses what made it so special, uh, which is really strange. But 
Um, that solo, I adore it. Um, and to me, I love this change of pace. Um, I love this sound coming from Alice in Chains. Uh, this is like, if this was what I was introduced to first with Alice in Chains, uh, like if this was the first song I heard, I would be uh, addicted to them. This, this is a fantastic tune. And my vote is definitely going to your decision. Same with me. I have got a very deep personal connection to this song just by the frame of mind I was in and the situation I was in at the time I first discovered this song. i got to keep in mind is that I did not try and explore Alice in Chains until probably when I graduated year 12 and was in doing my one-year TAFE course. And even then, not really much of the Lane Staley era was connecting with me at that point. I think doing this show and, you know, hanging out with Imran has changed my tune greatly on that period of Alice in Chains. You are welcome. But then event, yeah, thank you very much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it was just during this period of 2018 where, like, I I popped this song on and that timbre sound that you're describing and just the general vibe, I think one of the stories behind this song is that the entire intention of this song is, you know, consequences and the decisions that you make. And you know, the whole vibe for me felt like, well, what are you going to do now? Like, there are moments where it feels like there's hints of resentment in it or anger that hasn't been properly addressed yet. And like the post-chorus where no one plans to take the path that brings you low. That period, it has like this very defeatist attitude to it. And I don't know why, but just with the headspace I was in at that time and just thinking about the world surrounding me, I developed a really strong emotional connection to your decision, so much so that it is, as I was just said in passing, it's definitely a top two songs on this record, maybe even one of my favourite Alice in Chains songs in general, so that beats Burn It Down in the landslide for me. Imran, do you reckon the first half, you were saying the first half of Burn It Down is much better than the second, is it enough to beat your decision or are we going to all line up here? Uh, I think we're going to all line up. Burn It Down is a great song. I don't want to discredit it, but I it, it doesn't beat your decision. All right. We've all taken your decision. Uh, you mean all our decision. Huh? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. Next up, A Looking in View versus Metalingus. Now, Imran... I want to get your opinion on this one first. A looking in view, it was the first publicly released Alice in Chains song since reforming. Like this would have been the first piece of new music Alice in Chains fans would have heard since the death of Lane Staley, since the band breaking up. And it's a seven-minute chugger. I've got a pretty positive opinion about this song, but I think Ooh. it does fade a little bit as we go on. It. it it has its peaks and has its drops. There will be one days I love it, then there'll be other days I'm really I'm realizing, gee, this song does drag. Imran, what do you say? Yeah. Well, if I if I was a fan of Alice in Chains at the time and I had found out that Alice in Chains was releasing new music and they released this song as their first song after Lane Staley's death, personally I would have been very excited because holy crap, that intro. Booming. Holy crap. Evil. As my first, uh, my first note here, all in caps, evil. Very, I get very industrial rock vibes from this song. It's yeah, it's just massive. It's I love that effect on the guitar, the, the tremolo that like gets faster and slower. 
I love the bass. I love the vocals. I love it's yeah. This one is just yeah, like you said, a chugger. It does drag. I will give you that. I after the second listen of this song, it, yeah, it. I feel like maybe it's a bit too long. The the middle section or the like the kind of later section where it's kind of mostly vocals and there's that weird lamentation from William Duval, uh, that one part where he finds a megaphone for some reason decides to sing through that i feel like that part maybe could have gone without it's a very cool song though but it is i don't think it should have been seven minutes to defend the seven minute length though imran i would say if you came to my house and i showed you the stereo set that we have in our dining room and i put that song on the seven minutes goes by it, it breezes by but listening in this kind of environment where you're at your laptop or at your phone, you've got your earbuds in, you're sitting down to chill and listening, you're like, yes, the song does drag on. But, yeah, the megaphone kind of feel or when Duvall gets a bit aggressive, like, it's why, oh, that was terrible, but it's why you never. The animosity in that fits the soundscape very, very nicely. Like, the whole vocal delivery in general, there's just this sense of, animosity there's this sense of internal madness about the whole entire soundscape it's very well done but yeah you need to be in the right mood to go through the whole seven minutes yeah Mm. it's such a cool song it's yeah jacob what about you so i could not agree less i think this is maybe the weakest song on this album by a long shot at least for me uh the heavy opening i do like it it feels like a march uh, a march through like an Arabian style town. So I that's a very unique sound for Alice in Chains or by Alice in Chains anyway. But I could not get into this song as many times as I tried. I felt like the vocals were just not me. Uh, the instruments, uh, the instrumentals carry this song as far as they can. Uh, but the best way I could describe this song to me is it's boring. Like it never feels like Oof. it goes anywhere that interests me. It never feels like it gets anywhere where i can get you know into it uh the main riff is pretty good i'll give it that um but same with the chorus the chorus isn't bad but this song just takes way too long to get anywhere and when it does it just doesn't hit anywhere that i'm like yeah this is what i was waiting for it hits it and it's just oh okay it's it's very slow it's methodical it's it's the kind of sound that i could not get into when i was listening to dirt it's part of the reason that Ellison Chains has always been that other grunge band for me. It's always been the one I just could not get into, which I know hurts you, but this is the sound I don't like from them. And it hurts coming straight out of your decision, which is such a fantastic sound. So I'm, I'm not a fan of this one. I'll be completely real. And on the other side of this is one of the most nostalgic songs I can think of. Now, before you get into that, Jacob, I'm very interested in what Imran has to say about Metalingus. Very much, okay. yeah. I thought it was pretty cool, actually. This, um, I liked the the tribal jungle drum intro with the with the Van Halen guitar at the at the start. Kind of reminded me of um, what's that song? Everybody wants some by Van Halen. I thought the vocals were very cool. Um, kind of, it's kind of got this like new metal vibe to it, like that early two thousands, uh, like heavy, yeah, new metal kind of riff. Kind of reminds me of a song, actually. The The chorus was very catchy, but it reminds me of this song that uh, my, the first time I discovered Miles Kennedy was um, his time with Slash and, uh, and the Conspirators, I yep. think. Yeah, the Conspirators. Um, yeah. Um, 
I saw them live, by the way. Uh, very good. But anyway, they've got this song called Anastasia, which I think is one of their like really popular songs. The chorus really reminded me of that song. And yeah, I feel like Miles Kennedy has that very signature sound to his to his vocals and and it kind of brings that to it. I, I thought it was a very cool song there. Um, yeah, lots of like Van Halen guitar inspiration, I reckon. Um, the ending was cool. It's got that system of a down type ending though with the the really fast pace yeah yeah very system of a down i'm glad you're giving points to uh you know scott phillips and brian marshall their drum and the bass because i don't think i've ever really appreciated fully how how much of a driving factor scott phillips is on that track he drums like a madman on that on that song yeah I, I really liked the, the groove and the rhythm and everything on that track. It was very cool. Now, Jacob, before you get into your spiel about Metalingus, I've got my notes right in front of me here, and I normally have notes here to describe the instrumentation and all that kind of thing. I'm going to hold up my notes for Metalingus to the camera, and I want Jacob to read out to the listeners what it says verbatim. Jacob, could you read that, please? What does it say? Um, so it's a four-letter word. It says EDGE in full uh, full caps with a uh, lovely little uh, exclamation point. Exactly. Metalingus wins. <laughs> uh, let, let, let's discuss it a little bit first. I, I completely agree. It's a very nostalgia-based one here. Um, but I think for me, this is the song that brought me into Alter Bridge. This is the one where I heard it and went, yep, this is a sound I like. You mentioned before, Imran, the opening drums, fantastic. The guitar, fantastic. And fun fact, that guitar is, I believe, only an A chord uh, throughout the entirety of the verses. Um, I believe it's a five chord oh. song. It's a very simple song to play. Um, once it kicks in, it's so, so much fun. The vocals and guitar feel almost like they're battling, um, but you know they come together still. The vocals, as I said, shine through. It's a very hype song. And I don't know if that's because, you know, I associate it with uh, wrestling or edge or any returns or anything like that. Yeah, just so it's just so we can make it any more clearer, it was the the theme tune for WWE Hall of Famer Edge. Very much so, and like even the build into the chorus is fantastic. Uh, it's a very simple song, as I said, but it's a very effective song. It's deceptively heavy sounding. Um, just mm-hmm. some of the ways the vocals carry on particular notes are fantastic. The chorus is fun as anything. It's exciting, easy to get into, very singable. Um, the breakdown is different. I think the breakdown is one of the most fascinating parts of this song. Um, uh, even in my notes, I got so into this in the first time I was listening to, listening to it. I even just wrote down the lyrics for the vocals. Uh, fear, will, fear will kill me. All I could be. Uh, live these sorrows. Let me breathe. Just everything about it is fantastic. And fun fact, this is, uh, I've, got, I've got a bit of a, a, a quote from uh, Mark Tremonti on this song, actually. Uh, and I quote, we started Alter Bridge when Creed was coming to an end. Me and Scott Phillips were sick of everything that was going on on a personal level. I wrote as much as I could uh, and had demos for about half of the record, like Broken Wings and In Loving Memory, before I started searching for a singer. I didn't feel uh, I was strong enough to be that kind of singer for the band. We finally found Miles and got into writing and Metalingus came from us just jamming together. It all started with that main verse, but it all came together very quickly. I think we wrote it in a day. So this was the first song, theoretically, that uh, Miles Kennedy had his hand in and 
oh my god if this was what we, he he pumped out first thing for the band oh what a win what a win i this song wins for me there is no there is no question i'm sorry but yeah. like i'm being completely biased here i'm letting my wrestling bias dictate this one yeah meddling just wins <laughs> Imran, oh. where do you sit Look, I'm an absolute sucker for really dark, evil sounds, but you guys have convinced me. I'm going to yes. pick metal in this. <laughs> yes. On this day, he saw clearly. I see clearly. <laughs> I think we should also just give a little bit of credit to Edge here, because I think in that same interview, Jacob, Mark Tremonti does talk about how the use of the song as Edge's theme has bridged the gap and made new Alter Bridge fans because of people hearing that oh, song so of course i mean i would imagine you and me are a perfect example of that yes um, but it, it still works for it, what it is it was never released as a single it was never released meant to be anything that massive but that one little rub for lack of a better of a term has made it their most famous song and uh what a song okay let's move on now to when the sun rose again versus broken wings this one again is a squash for me oh i'm curious which broken which way wings. are you leading yeah okay broken yeah, I, I, I wings. That. my oh my that's a that's a moving ballad that and i think it's something that alter bridge does fantastically on this is any sort of moving ballady kind of sound and that'll only be highlighted a little bit later on but um, no, I completely agree. In my notes for Broken Wings, I've got I'm um, a big fan of the opening melody riff. Um, it's softer. I like that. As I said before, the opening is relaxing as anything. Uh, the vocals, perfect for it. Very delicate. The pre-chorus, very, yes, that's a good word for it. Uh, the pre-chorus feels different. There might be uh, backing vocals in it. I'm not 100% sure there. Uh, the chorus feels fantastic. It doesn't just sound it, it feels it. Um, it feels like a movie soundtrack. Uh, the vocals are the limelight here. I like the bridge. It changes. It changes up the song a bit, but not too much. The chorus, though, carries this song more than anything else. The calm guitar, fantastic. The karma way this song is is better, and the karma of the song is it's better. The you know the karma of the song is it the better it is I should say. At the same time, I never feel like this song hits the height I want it to. It gets very close to it on quite a few occasions, but never hits that crescendo I keep waiting for. But still, fantastic song. And I feel like that not hitting the crescendo was done on purpose. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's where I sit on it. Imran, yourself? I wrote in my notes here that I really liked the bridge and I liked the outro and I thought it was nice. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember how this song goes. <laughs> I... I could hum I, you a riff if you want. <laughs> can you? Hit us, hit us. It's like... That, that kind of, that's the kind of verse riff it's got going. Oh, I you know what? To... I think it's coming back to me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. When we were you were praising the bridge, I've got in my notes here, I didn't realise how much heavier it actually kind of sounds if you were to leave it on its own. It's, it's in this, like, very fluttery ballad, but it's actually got some crunch to it, that bridge, and then it gets a bit more... Miles gives it a bit more intensity with the voice, but I agree, the outro is fantastic. It's got that little fluttering guitar lick towards the end, I think that's just a lovely little full stop to the song. I particularly like the bass in the outro as well. I think that was... The bass did a, some some good stuff there. Um, the song didn't speak to me, though. I, I can 
putting it up against when the sun rose again this song stood out to me a lot more because of the the jangly guitars the the harmonies it very much reminded me of like later era beatles kind of stuff they're they're more kind of lighter psychedelic kind of stuff they like even the congas the it's it's just it's a very pretty song i it's a song that i'd listen to on the beach i feel like that one yeah uh, I've gotten my notes for when the sun when the sun rises uh, rose again even uh, that it's got a folky kind of opening. I, I found that very interesting. Uh, the bongo or Congo uh, really really caught me. Um, it, it it's a refreshing sound again. Um, it breaks up the album quite a lot from you know very heavy tunes to some softer ones that kind of mix that up a bit. Um, uh, but I just couldn't really vibe with this in the same way that i could some other things although i do like the arabian nights feeling kind of shady marketplace style it's going for it's it's a great song i just mm, it's one of those ones where i can't fully commit to it imra um i don't know when the sun rose again i think just stands out a lot more than broken wings mainly from the fact that I just don't remember how Broken Wings goes off the top of my head. Um, it's it's one of those clean songs that just did not stand out to me on the album. Whereas When the Sun Rose Again, I don't know, I feel like had a bit, had a, had something to it that just makes me want to go back and listen to it again. I, I really did like this song. Uh, that's going to be my pick for this one. Yeah. Yep, definitely. This is one where if Jacob was strongly disagreeing with looking in view this is the one where i'm strongly disagreeing with when the sun rose again it's not a strong one for me yeah like it feels very barren it feels very doesn't leave that much of an everlasting impression for me personally i personally think in terms like vocal harmony it's only really bearable when deval is putting his work into it there are moments on this record when i was writing down my notes here, I'm sitting there thinking, huh, I've always liked Cantrell's voice, but there are moments where he does sound quite nasally, and I kind of need to call that out. But it's not like it's not like I'm going to hold that. I'm not going to make that like a drawback or anything like that. But I don't know. It just feels very barren and flat for me, this track. And that's why right out of the gate, I wanted to say, yeah, Broken Wings, easy victory for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with Broken Wings for the same reason essentially it's it's not that i don't like when the sun rose again it just never hits where i want it to or feels like it really overdoes broken wings well that's where our scores lie this is what debates are for gentlemen this next battle this is kind of one of the reasons why i would have wanted the three of us to meet together because i reckon there will be a few differs here and i really want to debate this one Acid Bubble versus In Loving Memory. I wrote down in my notes for Acid Bubble. It's probably an Imran song in terms of Alice in Chains. <laughs> I am struggling whether I want to choose When the Sun Rose Again or Acid Bubble as my least favourite off this record. Jason, I hate you. <laughs> I skip this song all the time when I listen to this record. See, the thing is, I can see why. Like, I don't think it's the weakest. I think that's harsh. But I can definitely see why you do. Um, look, I'm going to be completely real with this, this, these and these notes. It's all going to be one-sided here. Uh, in Loving Memory, 
Um, of course, the Alter Bridge piece is one of, if not my favorite song of all time. Um, so there is a wrong answer for people on this. Uh, <laughs> no, look, this this song, like I've said it before, I, don't, I was a fan of Bits and Pieces of Creed, um, but... Oh, and you know, I, I, I want to hear what other people say first. So, Imran, hit, hit me with your opinion on this song first. I'm really curious. Uh, I'm going to start with "In Loving Memory" because I have like three notes on this. All of oh. the notes, my notes are more clean guitars. Yay! <laughs> Goes for a while, huh? And strings? Question mark. Yes, there are strings. <laughs> there are strings yeah. in it. Yes. Um. This is another one that I just genuinely don't remember how it goes. Uh, following Ooh, another I'm song that was... I'm tempted to play it for you, to be honest. <laughs> Please uh, do. Copyright, Jacob, copyright. <laughs> oh. I'll listen to it after after the battle. Yeah, I, it just it follows another song that I thought was kind of eh, that was also kind of a clean, not so exciting song. So my brain kind of zoned out. I, I wasn't really into this song. I really don't have much to say because I just Ooh. don't remember it. I'm a little hurt by that. I'll be completely real. And the fact you said that, you know, it's an eh song. Ooh. And I mean, look, I do see where you're coming from. It comes from a softer song to another softer song. And I mentioned that before. Uh, this this album, Text Hat, eh, seems to um, start with a fun, heavy feeling and then slowly bring that down into a more creedy kind of movie-esque, ballady kind of place. And personally, I love that. I think it's a great... Um, movement with the album and sound but this song is the standout for me and I mentioned before it was even hinted at in a previous song I'm going to read my notes note for note on this already a fantastic opening the guitar smoothly jumping from note to note and chord to chord it gives off a vibe of a song before the vocals even come in and that solo is fantastic the guitar is heavenly the vocals are somber but also feel right Uh, I can't help but feel like um uh kennedy is really getting into it and really feeling uh what he's singing uh, the lyrics are, are fantastic and part of why i think they're fantastic is that they're so easy to relate to literally anyone um and i think that's a strong thing to have in lyrics especially uh, a song you're trying to push as commercially viable um and the way the lyric uh, the vocals and the guitar carry the first 80 seconds of the song is fantastic then the drums come in and add to it before it gets too long so that 80 seconds or so with just vocals and guitar fantastic doesn't drag doesn't go too long drums come in just in time Uh, and then the song transitions into a more upbeat mood as the line and i know you're a part of me plays which it's almost um just songwriting in a kind of movie sense like it's trying to have that big moment that people will remember and it does that well the drums add so much to this while not taking away a single thing uh the song feels upbeat well upbeat while also having that somber tone to it that more like saddening kind of feel to it uh but when it kicks into that next gear with the drums getting a little heavier it keeps that same somber tone while the song climbs and that climb is fantastic um, I personally love the guitar uh, playing in the back as well with the melody uh, throughout the verse. Uh, and the song dips. I thought I love this part. The song dips just before the chorus for just about a couple seconds. But then it crescendos back up. That crescendo feels fantastic. In my notes, I've got it feels raw. You know, I've never seen this is one of those songs where I've never seen it live. I've never seen them live, but 
if I could choose one song to feel see live by them, it would be this one for that crescendo. Uh, and the way that crescendo stays up there without faltering or losing that is fantastic. Even when it comes back down uh, into the verses, that transition into the instrumentation is fantastic. And then the build back up again, fantastic. It's unexpected on a first listen. The second crescendo is somehow even more in, uh, effective. Uh, the strings kick in, the guitar gets even better, the come down, oh, fantastic. The way it finishes, the solo, uh, even, even in my notes, the last note I have here is everything about this song is perfect. Like, this is the song for both of these albums. This is the one that wins it no matter what for me. Um, so, unfortunately, Acid Bubble, whether I liked it or not, it it's not even getting close. Faded to lose in, in the first place. Fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, not, that's not to tear apart Acid Bubble. I think that there's a bad song surrounded by a very fun chorus in there. Allow me to rip apart Acid Bubble, then. Ugh. This song is so slow and so <laughs> dwelling that it bores the hell out of me. It is so, and the vocals just draw it out so much more longer. It's like if you're getting stabbed in the heart by a dagger, it is just twisting it so slowly, making it even more painful. And then it transitioned into this chorus riff that is so jarring and so repetitive that it loses its luster for me. And then it just goes back into that slow, drawn-out, dwelling riff. And it's like, did, did we even have... What was the point of that chorus riff? What was the actual point of that? At least Duvall has got some good singing ability that, you know, is probably a redeeming feature of this. But honestly, for a song that's nearly seven minutes, and it's so long and drawn-out... This this is a song that would have been a reason... If it was on the self-title, it would have been one of the reasons it would be one of the defining factors of why I don't like that records as much as I do as the other Lane Staley records. What saves it is because if it was on the self-title, it'd be so super condensed, it'd be so swampy, it'd be locked away in its little cave. Here, at least, it's brought out a bit, but it just trudges on. I skip this song every time it comes on. Man, everything you just described as to why you hate this song are exactly the reasons why I love this song. I assume it's so. <laughs> It's brooding. It's intense. It it's a slow knife stabbing into you and twisting very slowly, and then suddenly fast and intensely. Like it's it's crazy. It's it's an unpredictable song. There's there's some there's even some like shoegaze elements to this song. It's it's just it's I, a weird it's a weird song, and I love it. I disagree so heavily with where you say unpredictable. It's unpredictable for the first chorus. And then after that, it becomes so, you know, just repetitive in that chorus that it's way too predictable uh, because nothing changes. Well, yeah. And nothing changes to make it interesting on the second half of the song, which, hmm. I mean, yeah, it does kind of go back into that slow, that slow part again and then bring back the fast part at the end for a little bit. I did really like the solo in the, in the second part, though. I thought that was very cool. That was very Cantrell-style solo. I don't know. I just think this is a really cool song. It's just, it, these are my favorite, it's my favorite part of Alice in Chains is their really spooky, jarring stuff. I don't know. I, up against the song that I literally don't even remember how it goes, I'm going to pick Acid Bubble, obviously. I'm picking 
in loving memory for all of Jacob's comments and for everything I said about Acid Bubble. There you have it. <laughs> I don't think I need to say where I sit. Exactly. Score Jacob check. Jacob picks Acid Bubble. Plot <laughs> oh, <that> twist. <laughs> Swerve, bro. Uh, <laughs> score check. Imran, 6-1, to one, black gives way to blue. Jacob, 6-1, to one, one day remains. Myself, 4-3, black gives way to blue. Ooh, this has ended up being a lot more, um, what closer than I thought it would be. I anticipated my score being competitive. I did not expect a blowout from either of you two, Jacob and Imran, so we're in for a fun little showdown for the last couple of tracks. It's going to be a case of how can the opposition make up some points. Let's see if Lesson Learned or Down to My Last does so. I was talking about earlier your decision being a top two. Lesson Learned is the other song in that top two for me. Ooh, you reckon? Okay. It is, yes. It's another. It's kind of a case of frame of mind when hearing this song, but uh, I just like the idea of picking yourself back up and dusting off the mistakes as a lesson learned, and it's got that little upbeat there's like you know a hint of hope within the song. I hmm. lesson learned is uh, pretty. I particularly liked the uh, the more upbeat uh, style of this song. I thought it was very facelift era kind of riff. Yeah, good like point. More upbeat, not necessarily poppier, but like just a bit more like fun. I thought Jerry had some like he had some like Lane Staley inflections in his voice in the in the song. Um, which I thought was pretty pretty cool. Um, I did like his voice in this song too. Nothing about this song really stood out to me though. It's it's I think it's kind of similar to Check My Brain, where it's kind of a bit repetitive, the same throughout the song. It's fun, but it's it's not really a standout for me. Fair. I'm probably gonna pick it over down to my last though, because after listening to Broken Wings and In Loving Memory, and then the, you know, the third clean song in a row down to my last. I genuinely thought this song was just a continuation of In Loving Memory when I was listening to... to uh, it does start yeah, off with a bit more of a classic straight-up rock riff, but it, yeah, I to give credit to your argument, yeah, it does go back into that ballady style of verse. Yeah. I, this is another song that I don't remember how it sounds. There's a solo in it, apparently. I wrote down here solo. I don't know why. I might have liked it. I might have hated it. Jacob, I've I've got for down to my last. It's a st- it's another Creed ish song. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, uh, I would make the argument that this middle section of this album is very Creed, maybe to a fault. Uh, Imran, as as Imran just said, it was it does kind of blend in a little bit with the last two. Um, especially like Broken Wings is a fan favorite from what I know from this album. A lot of people adore it. Uh, In Loving Memory, of course, I adore that. This song kind of feels like the other clean song. That's not to say that's bad, though, in any way. Um, As you said, it starts a little bit heavier, um, but this one does feel a little bit heavier than um, uh, In Loving Memory, and I think that's a good thing because it kind of climbs back up a little bit in uh, that distortion and so on. The vocals are fantastic when they eventually do come in. The drums, I feel like, are in the forefront for this song, and that works fantastic for it. It's another movie soundtrack song, which, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a problem at points, but um, I adore the, the main melody and the riff. 
Um, the longer I listen to this song, the more I do enjoy it. I think on its own, it's a fantastic piece. It's an uplifting song coming out of a very somber piece, um, actually. And the bits of guitar that get heavier and more distortion-y throughout it are fantastic. The softer parts are really nice. This song bounces back between those quite well. Uh, the vocal melody, I thought was fantastic. Uh, the solo, I thought was super fitting and really nice. And it builds on that movie-esque feeling. Like, this feels like the part of the song that would be used in a romance movie or something like that. The breakdown, I thought was fantastic. And the build-up out of that was also fantastic. And as much as it's the third, you know, soft, clean song, it's a bit of a sleeper hit for me. Um, even the finish for this song is fantastic. I'm still taking Lesson Learned. Ooh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I, I can see it. Lesson Learned is a fun song. Um, it's just, I couldn't get into it the same way, so I think I'm going to sit more towards down to my last. And Imran is joining me with Lesson Learned, so that was a pretty, that was a pretty fun little debate there. Uh, yeah, Lesson Learned, a water off duck's back kind of song for me, and yeah, I just... The fact that Alice in Chains have written a song that has some hope in it and it hooks as well as, as that song does, yeah, that's made it one of my favourites off Black Gives Way to Blue. This one's interesting. Take Her Out versus Watch Your Words. Take Her Out. I didn't like this song on first listen and then I've warmed up to it and then you realise not much happens in this song and you go, um, it's like a... I don't know, I like it, but I'm in this very take-it-or-leave-it attitude kind of thing. Whereas, for Watch Your Words, this one, I actually have to correct myself here, I've legitimately written in my notes here for Watch Your Words, Imran will like that intro. <laughs> you bet. I actually really liked the... It's that lo-fi kind of intro, weird, uh, weird glitchy kind of sound. I did really like it. I also really liked the the new metal style riff. I thought the vocals were very interesting. I I thought that little riff break, uh, like the weird breakdown thing, was really cool. Um, I thought it was kind of catchy. I wasn't really a fan of the the clean chorus. I thought that didn't really fit the vibe of the song because it's a pretty upbeat, kind of intense song. But Watch Your Words is a very cool song. I agree, Jason, with uh, with your view on Take Her Out. It's a, it doesn't do much for me. It's a, I literally wrote here, this is a pop song and it's okay. So I feel like it's just kind of a, it's kind of a filler track almost. Maybe. It's, yeah. I, I got to agree with you completely. I see that as a filler track. I see both of these as somewhat filler, to be completely honest. It almost just comes down to which one I would listen to first. Honestly, for all the reasons Imran said, I think, watch your words. I do agree very heavily, actually, that, that that softer chorus just it feels very awkward, very out of place. Like, it feels like it should get heavier rather than softer. Um, I don't mind it, but it just it's very jarring every time it gets to it. And take her out. It just, I don't know, it never gets anywhere I want it to get to. It has that deserty vibe. You know, the vocals feel like they're loose, loosely even following the instrumentation. Um, I like the guitar and I like the solo, um, and it's strangely relaxing. And that outro, I think, fantastic. But, you know, for the entirety of each song, 
Watch Your Words, I think, is a stronger song, but not by much. I'd argue, in my notes, I've got, it feels strangely generic. It's kind of just there. Hard disagree on that. When Ooh. I do pods like these, we're at episode 21, you go through all these albums track by track, there's always at least one song that you really don't anticipate enjoying a lot, and you kind of deem that as a, that is my hidden gem off the record, watch your words as that. That's probably my, like, sleeper hit off One Day Remains. Yeah, hmm. I I could agree with that. Watch your words is Fair one that, um, that got stuck in my head a little bit as well. I I really liked the verse. The I thought the vocals were just really interesting over the top of that riff. I liked how there 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 wasn't a solo in the song, was there? It was just that riff uh, break. There was a memory. bit of a breakdown, but um, there's no riff. It just kind of breaks down. You get your almost yeah. slow build to it, and it never goes anywhere. Yeah, I really liked that part though. I thought that was really cool because it, it kind of experiments with the riff a little bit and just kind of works around it adds some stuff uh that's pretty interesting mm. yeah this one's going to be what's your words for me me too completely agree me too all three of us are taking it then watch Hell your yeah. words again for me that's the sleeper hit Fair definitely enough. underrated on the song certainly so certainly so ah this one <laughs> Private Hell versus Shed My Skin. I'll start with Jacob here, but from note one, Private Hell weighs you down. This, I've, I've got here in my notes, I'll just say it, it's the bleakest chorus I've ever heard. Oh, I, I agree that there's a bleakness to it, but I kind of saw that very differently. Uh, my, my first note is, quote-unquote, ooh, soft, almost romantic opening. It's very different to everything else here. Um, and for some reason, when I listen to this, I can't help but feel like this is... The further it gets into it, more so, but um, it feels like something you'd hear in a very cheesy um, 80s romance action kind of flick. And I kind of really enjoy that feeling for it. Uh, the vocals are a little bit weird. Um, they work, but they also don't. Uh, I don't know why they work. It's very strange. I love the relaxing and slow nature to it. It's very unique feeling. Um, this is probably the sleeper hit for me from uh, Alice in Chains. Um, the chorus does get faster, but it's still very relaxed. The guitar is very simple, but climbing uh, constantly. The drums are fantastic here and easily the star. Uh, the soloing uh, throughout the piece is pretty bloody good. As I said, it feels like an 80s romance movie. And it feels like a very refreshing breather from some of the heavier stuff within this tune. Uh, sorry, within this album. Um, and I really, really enjoy that. Uh, the Life is Short vocal um, at about 3 minutes 30. I thought that was fantastic with no effects. It just stood out. Uh, and it's really... I found it, I found it was really easy to lose myself in enjoying this tune. Uh, the breakdown, it fits the song, it's a smooth transition and it makes sense and is the outro. Everything about this song, it just makes sense to me. It doesn't scream fantastic or anything, but it screams it makes sense and it's very good. Whereas Shed My Skin, Jacob, what do you say to that? Oh, so this song is another one where I feel like it's a little bit throwaway, unfortunately. Um, the acoustic guitar at the start, I enjoyed the acoustic guitar opening, the soft feeling of that. The vocals are strange. 
Um, again, they work, but they don't. And it's a bit more of a push back into that rock feeling a little bit later. Again, movie-esque, but I also felt like this was generic. Um, I didn't mind the chorus. It was a bit eh. And the transitions between the chorus and verse I thought were pretty bloody good. The softer parts are definitely the stronger parts of this song. Uh, the drums, fantastic. It's a very simple song. Um, the softer bridge, I thought that was fantastic. The build-up was good. Uh, very short, though. And I don't know, this has the problem of half of this song is fantastic. The other half feels very generic. Uh, there's bits and pieces here that I adore of it. And bits and pieces where I'm just like, eh, I could skip this. But I do like the almost choir-esque sound at the end of the song. Though. I, think, I think that was unique and very strong for the song. Imran, your thoughts? I'm going to start with Private Hell because I had a completely different image of what this song was in my brain to you, Jacob. I thought so this song I. was the, the most bleak, cold, like depressing song on the album. It's, it's got the, the ambient droning guitars in the background. Very much reminds me of a, of a black metal song almost in, in which it's like, not not the the brutalness of it, but the the ambience of it. Like it it just reminds me of this apocalyptic snowscape almost. It's it's really I thought it was very dark, especially the um the clean guitars over the top. I thought the vocal harmonies were really nice, um, but it's just a it's a very cold, drudging, slow, bleak song. I I liked the. I liked the that they painted the picture of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I don't really remember much else apart from the fact that it was cold and depressing. Um, it's probably something I'd listen to on a rainy day if I was sad or something. Shed My Skin, I thought would have been better as a clean song, which is interesting because I've not been a fan of the clean songs on this uh, on this album. But yeah, I think this this would have done a lot better if it just like stayed with that acoustic feel. Um, I did like the, the the soulful lamentation towards the end of Miles Kennedy. His vocals on this were pretty good, but yeah, nothing else about this track really did much for me either. Both of these tracks were kind of just like yeah. Despite talking earlier, saying your decision and lesson learned being my top two from Black is Way to Blue. That's the person you're speaking to now here in what when we're recording this in September 2021 and I'm age 21. If you go back to 2018, at 18-year-old me, Private Hell was my favourite song off, that re- off this record and it had been for a little while, just from kind of relating to the reasons Imran was talking about, uh, especially like when you're up at night and you kind of turn the lights down, you let that play and you just let your mind wander to that being your soundtrack and... Yeah, it it hit. It was the right song at that particular time, and uh, that for quite a while. It was actually one of the reasons why I wanted to have a copy of Black Is Way to Blue uh, in general. But uh, ever since then, as times have gone on, uh, this song is. Yeah, this song reminds me of a headspace that would be nice to never return to. But out of respect for it, I think I will end up taking it. Yeah, yeah I think I will fair. too. I, you know, I'm going to agree with that completely. I'm on that too. Private hell it is. I'm, I am fascinated by the whole idea of a, of, of a romantic soundtrack kind of thing. I've never thought of that as an interpretation before, and that's somewhat got a bit of curiosity about it. 
it, it it's weird because it doesn't I, I should make make clear that it's not a happy romantic song it very much feels like the romance part where everything's fallen apart it feels like that piece I do see that point because I think Jerry Cantrell has talked about how that song is kind of inspired by love to a certain extent and I had forgotten about that element of the writing for that song but you know when you're feeling you know it is a song because you know I amuse myself I'm used to my little cell I amuse myself in my very own private hell not to bring Creed back into it because obviously it's a very recurring theme here because of Alter Bridge and that but like lyrics like that you kind of think that's kind of like the mental image that my own prison builds you know You've created your own prison inside your head. That's kind of the connotation I can get with Private Hell, too. I reckon you could make that argument, is that that can be the sort of connotation. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, yeah. Hmm. It's one I'm definitely thinking I might have to listen to again once we're done here. It's a fascinating track. It definitely easily beats Shed My Skin, though. Mm. Definitely one of, the, one of the most unique tracks, I think, on the album in terms of, like, painting a picture just with the sound that was very interesting now with all that debate it comes to an end here closing track black gives way to blue the title track for alice in chains up against the end is here very interesting closes here i think we'll start with imran on this one um i'm gonna start with the end is here because uh firstly aptly named title Props to the genius who decided that the end is here should be the last song on the album. Absolute genius move. Uh, from the from the beginning of that song, uh, one of the most interesting clean songs on the album, or in terms of like the clean part of the song. Um, this one sucked me in a little bit. I really like this one. The chorus I thought didn't particularly fit the the vibe of the rest of it. Uh, um, the the break the the heavy in it like the weird chuggy part i thought was pretty cool maybe could have used without the vocals otherwise very interesting it was an interest yeah it was an interesting song interesting way to end the album too yeah i don't know about this song being the end probably i probably one of the other clean songs that i don't remember but yeah song i i probably would listen to this one again on the album on the inverse, Black Gives Way to Blue, another very interesting song to end an album with. I believe this is the shortest song on the album. It's like three minutes long or something. Very depressing song. It was, it's, a, it's a very nice, pretty song, but it's depressing. I believe this one's about Lane, so understandably so. But um, yeah, I liked the slide guitar at the start. I liked how the piano kind of comes in like it. Everything kind of builds in this song um, up to the end, which is, it's a, it's because it's short. It's like, it's just nice, simple to the point. I like the parts where like the guitars and the vocals line up and the harmonies in the second verse, everything just kind of works in this song and flows really nicely. Yeah. It's just, it's a really nice song. Another song that I would definitely listen to. I don't know if it's my pick yet, but mm. This is a toughie. Uh, I, I think my initial thought was to go towards Black Gives uh, Black Gives Way to Blue um, because it's, to be honest, it's maybe my favourite song on this entire album. 
Um, it's just very different. It's soft. It does that very, very well, and it handles what it does very, very well. But you've got a point with uh, The End Is Here. It's also a very good song. Um, I think the part that stands out to me the most and the part that comes to mind the most is like the... There's almost like a duh, 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 duh kind of thing to it. Um, maybe halfway through the middle of it. It's very strange in a way, but it also fits it, which doesn't make sense to me in a way. It, it doesn't feel like it makes sense to me. Uh, my notes on uh, the end is here. Uh, weird opening guitar. I'm not the biggest fan of that. The strumming comes in. It's very ominous. Um, and once the drums kick in, we get the song. It's soft, but it's eerie. It kicks up well. Uh, it feels mysterious. It almost takes a bit of a, a note from um, Alice in Chains, and I, I start feeling like an Arabian Town kind of vibe to it. Um, something I've only really ever felt with Alice in Chains in the past. Uh, the vocals are pretty bloody good, the guitar is nice, and this song feels very final. Um, I found the bridge to be busy, uh, but somehow not too busy. This song is weird because it, it almost it's almost a reverse of the Goldilocks effect in that it's sometimes way too busy, sometimes not busy enough, but it's never just right. It never gets there like I really, really want it to. Or we're on the inverse of that, uh, black gives way to blue. It doesn't feel like there's a lot going on there, but there's a deceptive amount going on there. Um, in my notes, you know, soft, distant opening, I adored that. The two guitars in the opening are lovely. The vocals are fantastic. The, the growls are subtle, but they add so much to it. The third guitar comes in after a while, following along with the vocals. I thought that was fantastic. The piano in it, um, I thought... It, it surprised me a little bit to hear the piano, uh, but it was very effective and not busy and added a lot to it. Everything seems to just blend together in Black Gives Way to Blue in a way that no other song on this entire um, battle seemingly does. It doesn't hit the fun or anything like that that I think the others do, but... It just blends really, really, really well, and I would be um, remiss to say that this is probably my favorite Alice in Chains song. My only complaint, really, is that it's too short, uh, which that's honestly a good thing. You know, obviously I enjoy the song long enough to want more of it, so. Can we just address who's playing piano here? Elton John. Is what, he? really? Elton John played piano on this track. Bro. Huh. Who decided not to tell me this? <laughs> well, well, I'm picking Black Gives Way to Blue. I, I was already decided, but that, that doesn't factor. even give it the chance. Dude, I love Elton John. Yeah. <laughs> I know there is a Black Gives Way to Blue piano mix as well, so I'm not quite sure which version it is. If you do know the answer to that, fact check us, facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod. But yeah, Elton John on piano. Um, Black Gives Way to Blue serves a specific purpose, which is let's have a moment of respect for Lane. Definitely. Mm. I think the the fact that it's the shortest song, that it's just a little song but fits so nicely right at the end, I think is just perfect. As there's nothing more that needs to be added. There's nothing that needs to be taken away from it. It's, yeah, like you said, everything meshes together perfectly. It's Black Gives Way to Blue. Jacob? Complete agreement. Uh, Black Gives Way to Blue is, I don't want to say easily the better song, but I would choose it over um, uh, The End Is Here pretty much instantly. 
I feel like it's a song to seek out more frequently. The end is here would be for me, but just for respect factor, I think it is probably going to go to the title track for me, personally. Not to say the end is here is a bad song. Probably would seek it out a bit more over the title. I really track. liked the end is near and end is here. Sorry. Oh yeah, um, it's not a bad yeah. song by any margin. That was a very interesting song. I'd probably listen to that again too. Yeah, but I think it's going to be. Black gives way for me just for out of respect, and you know we've got Elton, Elton John on there, and uh, yeah, it's very solemn. It's very fitting. It's a fitting ending to what I would arguably say my favorite Alice record. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. In all fairness, and this I think this is where this Alice in Chains record does well. I'm not the biggest Alice in Chains fan. I've made that very apparent. This record is the one that makes me turn around and go, actually, I like a very good chunk of this album and this is the one that's convinced me to maybe go back and give some albums a try um so Black i think way to blue is a weird album name <laughs> oh very much so um but yeah no i, th- I think it's a fantastic album and uh, i think if you're not the biggest fan of alice in chains or it's just not something that's never really hit you it's the one to go to and it might drag you in um so i mean it does that very very well and i think that last tune is part of why i remember on the previous alice in chains podcast imran and i would be doing it would be a bit of a bone of contention to say that black is way is my favorite now imran that you finished listening to this album for the very first time where do you see that sentiment now i don't blame you for saying it's your favorite i i i kind of understand now i wouldn't say it's my favorite though it's the it's a great album but yeah definitely not my favorite and other than that, yeah, we finished One Day Remains. There's some really good music here to be found. Um, it does bug me that I do have this strange, fleeting memory that I think I might have been in a JB Hi-Fi one day, and I said to, and I, when you go into the music section where there's CDs and all that kind of thing, I had to have been a kid at the time, like 11 years old, something like. I'm not sure if this event's happening or if I'm just dreaming up something in my head but i do feel like there was one time in jb hi-fi i saw alt bridge i'm like oh yeah that's the band that do edges theme and i went looking for the record that had the song on it to show my dad this is the song that is edges theme i reckon if i had bought that record that day i'd have been a much bigger fan of alter bridge now and i'd have a massive respect for one day remains but alas not to be it's now this and ab3 the first two Alterbridge records that I've listened to from start to finish, but that's not to say, you know, like, well, you know, Watch After You, or Watch Over You, sorry, or Blackbird, Show Me a Leader, Addicted to Pain, Wouldn't You Rather, all across the catalogue, they make phenomenal music, Alterbridge. Very much so, very much so. It's, it's, it, it's a band that, for me at least, I've always kind of known about. I've always been like, oh, I have a respect for them, but never really, su- you know, gone to seek out any full album or any like anything like that. I had dabbled with AB3. I think I got most of the way through that um, and really enjoyed that. But the, I don't know. It, it's, it's nice to, you know, dabble into this first album and really see where they evolved to because things like Wouldn't You Rather, I enjoy, I enjoy quite, a lot of song, uh, quite a lot of songs off that. So, like, it's a nice travel back in time for them. Well, uh, and with that being said, let's tally up the results. We're at the end here. Uh, surprisingly, I didn't expect this to be, but I am the deciding factor, so I'll save myself till last here. We'll start with Imran. Allison Chains gets the point. Nine points to two. Ooh. Damn. Nine um, points to two. Is that even a two. surprise? Black gives way. 
Jacob, one day remains eight to three. It's not overly surprising. Okay. The winner of this battle between Black Gives Way to Blue and One Day Remains, which rests on me, is Alice in Chains 7-4. It got competitive for me towards the end, but Alice in Chains walks away with a win on this one. 2-1 in grand points. Very much so. It's a fantastic album. I think this is also a nice redemption arc because I'm sitting here thinking the three-way Alice in Chains, I don't think won. The self-titled against In Utero, go back and listen to that one because that one got quite close. And then another one that got extremely close, Facelit versus Bad Motorfinger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. Alice in Chains get close. I don't think they've gotten any... I don't think they've come out on top on either of them. If you want to find out, go back and check. But here we are with an Alice in Chains victory up against Alter Bridge. I've finally done it. I don't know what else to say, gentlemen, other than the fact that, you know, I guess your decision, lesson learned. I think now in with where I'm at now, last of my kind probably rounds out the top three. One day remains. I don't know. What, what are we saying? I think Metalingus, Broken Wings, Watch Your Words. What's everyone else's top ooh. three? I, ooh. I think for Metal, uh, not for Metalingus, for Alter Bridge and One Day Remains, I think I'm going to go with One Day Remains, Metalingus, and In Loving Memory. And the other way around, so for give, yeah, Black Gives Way to Blue, oh, um, it's a toughie. I think my mind is going to give it to um, All Secrets Known, Black Gives Way to Blue, and... Uh, your decision in no particular order. Um, for Alter Bridge, I will probably have to pick Watch Your Words, The End Is Here, and Metalingus, obviously. Um, Alice. Um, oh, Acid Bubble, obviously. Last of My Kind. And When the Sun Rose Again. Very eclectic mix. Great records. Great records. Uh, other than that, yeah, Jacob, thanks very much for coming back on the show. You Last time you were on, it was just a Christmas special. You were part of my team over at Moshpit. You're now in charge of the gaming show, Player One. So uh, give us all the information we need to know about what Sin's gaming show, Player One, is up to as of now. Yes, so if you want to catch... Uh, season four which promises to be uh, what we're calling actually the all-stars season of player one on sin please check in every monday at 8 p.m to 11 p.m uh, for the newest and latest and greatest in video game news opinions um some fun quizzes fun fact actually and i've been meaning to thank jason personally voice to voice player one kind of took the quiz from mosh pit and evolved it in our own style. <laughs> uh, so that was that was if you if you miss that kind of content, have a, have a go over there. It was kind of fun over there. And we've got some special uh, interview stuff coming out very recently. We had one with uh, Howard Scott Warshaw, the man who made the ET Atari game, who that famously actually crashed the video game market. Um, you got him for an interview along with. Yes, we did, and it is oh, a fantastic dude. interview. That'll go up soon. Uh, speaking of metal, if you're into metal things, we have one of the premier metal cover 
blokes in in the industry right now for video games uh, family jewels or jules conroy i did an interview with him ages ago go check them out go check out what my team is doing because i'll be real they've been fantastic all year and i'm sure they'll enjoy your listen and i hope that the metal community and the gaming community can keep the bond going and i hope we can see you once again on another battle in the future jacob thanks for joining us thanks for having me and imran welcome to co-hosthood Oh, I'm so glad to be here. See you on the next battle, guys. See you, boys. Black gives way to blue gives way to a win. And for our new co-host, a new appreciation for modern Alice in Chains. And a new appreciation for the band in general for our guest, Jacob, who we thank for chatting with us for this battle. He's also proven that while it's only until now that I've properly invested some time into exploring Alder Bridge, I should continue on that path. Both of these albums for me were great fun to talk about. And thank you for listening to our chat. If you enjoyed it, you can stay up to date with the show at facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod and have a listen to like-minded metalheads over at our weekly radio show, Mosh Pit on Sin, Thursdays from 8 till 10 p.m. on 90.7 DAB Plus Digital Radio or from your preferred device at syn.org.au. That's all for now. Until next time, metal up your ass.